Every time I turn around, he seems to be celebrating your goal. Alan is meant to be the difference in the Champions League. You know, they want one when it's a tight semi-final. He'll score one in a tight semi-final too. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. Let's move on, talk football. <laughs> Graham Hunter, good morning to you. How are you? Yeah, listen, whenever anybody bumps into me or where I bump, it's always their fault. So, shit, if you really need tutorials or lessons and that whole thing, or indeed send the team to me, I can teach you, don't worry. He needs he needs <laughs> to go on a night out with you, Graham. <laughs> sorry, Graham, sorry. Uh, life, just, just life. There you go. <laughs> um, will we start with Real Madrid? Because, uh, obviously, they, they just they handled their business like a, a team of professionals last night. They did, I suppose, but, it, you know, there's two sides to every story, and I was sitting in the press conference last night listening to... Jurgen Klopp saying, you know, we needed a really big performance. We didn't give it. Early on, I thought both keepers um, stood out in, in making sure that there, there weren't goals. And I really, I thought Courtois saves from, to save from Darwin was extremely good. And as such, um, I, I felt the tide would have turned um, had, had Liverpool scored. In the, um, for some strange reason... There was a, a relative jitteriness around Madrid, and I don't just mean I don't mean the media. I think that the players aren't used to that. You know, you've got a squad there at Roman who, who don't really do care for conservative nil nils, and in my opinion, they tried to win the game. Ultimately, got their reward. I thought that Vinicius's little um, assist just continues to add to his his legends far too soon at twenty two, but. To be in front of goal, to kind of flail at the ball and fall over, and then stick out a little leg and punt it to Benzema meant eventually a win. Um, but they don't know how to conserve um, a, th- a three-goal away uh, lead. It's not been their modus operandi recently. Really, since they began to win consecutive um, Champions Leagues, an example would be 3-0 up against Juventus from Turin and, you know, by the 90th minute it was 3-3 and, okay, it was Cristiano gets the goal eventually to send them through. Last night was a really odd experience, odd experience an odd challenge for them that it's not really in their repertoire. Jen, I think we saw that. Um, we were talking yesterday about Pep and how we're, you know, it's actually, it's a bit of a privilege to be living through the experience of watching him try and solve the conundrum that he has at the moment of, uh, having one of the greatest weapons in the history of football, but not really wanting to use it the way that everybody else thinks he should, and uh, him wrestling with his his principles. In a way, what's happening at, at Madrid is a completely different challenge, but we are living through like a wildness to their play, while at the same time they're harvesting Champions Leagues. Like, And uh, it's great that they are so cavalier and attack-minded, and that that is the, the thing that is delivering Champions Leagues, as opposed to a sterile Carnaccio style Italian football where we're going to win this on penalties after 120 minutes lads let's dig in yeah they don't, they don't have that listen there's somebody who grew up um, you know I'm a lot older both of you somebody who grew up watching you know Catanaccio football in, in Europe and the, the staleness and, and also teams that copied that there was a ripple effect wasn't there about like um, they do your utmost to draw nil nil away and then you know one one at home as glorious as Nottingham Forest's triumphs were in Europe, the some of their games and and the final against Hamburg, you, you you couldn't contrast it with what we're seeing today. Utterly glorious, inspirational in its time, 
But like it, it almost seems a different sport that we're watching now. And you pinpointed Real Madrid about being it's an enjoyable watch. They're cavalier. I agree with all of that, and and they they barely have it in the nature to to defend in a serious way all over the pitch. It's like they're they're a little bit Jake Lamotta. It's got to be slug for slug, and if we're on the ropes, that's when we're our most dangerous because there's going to be a flurry of blows. It, it, I, I'm not suggesting that they have no idea at all about how to defend a lead. Had it been a one-goal advantage from Anfield, I think we'd have seen a lot more, say, shrewdness. I think we'd have seen them tactically more awake. I will say that um, although they eventually get the goal, by about midway through the second half, they they'd shifted down a gear and it wasn't defending, it wasn't really conservative, but they have a they they've looked relatively physically tired as a bunch. That isn't tailing off at the end of games because I think they've scored um something like nine or ten goals after the ninetieth minute in the last fifteen matches. Or after the eightieth minute, sorry, Joe. Uh, but but they've got a class cup coming up on Sunday. It it will be utterly decisive as to how the league goes if Madrid were to lose. And I thought I saw them conserving energy in terms of the spark, the press, the intensity of their attacks. And eventually they get a goal and, and you know, they, they were consistently playing quick transition balls up through a Liverpool side, which ebbed and flowed in terms of their own energy. I, I spoke to a lot of um, ex-professional footballers, whether it be from Spain or or from the Premier League um, in the build-up to the match. It's a mecca for for those who like to spend the time as, as TV co-commentators or analysts. And everybody said the same, you know, we don't know which Liverpool we're going to see. Something like a version of the one that, that beat Manchester United or the one that was pretty rank against Bournemouth, and, and nor did I. And uh, for that reason... I thought Liverpool really intimate, and that didn't spark Madrid into life. Had Liverpool really landed two or three blows quickly, I think we could have seen an enormously good tie. I thought the tie would finish three T shows, what I know. Nonetheless, Madrid march on, and there was a brilliant moment at the end. I, I don't know, I, neither, <clears throat> neither of you were in the Bernabeu because you had to be um, up early for the show this morning, and I don't know how much um, publicity this got in Ireland, but at the end of the match, when there was still a, a very... Uh, healthy chunk of the crowd in the stadium, Madrid put on You'll Never Walk Alone, blasting out through all the, the speakers all around the stadium. And what's more, the vast majority of the many tens of thousands of Madrid fans who were still in the stadium stood up and applauded. And the reason for that, I think, was a a, a unifying feeling between the two clubs about what they went through in Paris in the Champions League final. But above anything else... When they went to Anfield for that extraordinary, historic game, Amancio, their honorary president, a wonderful, wonderful footballer, a winger, had had recently died. And Madrid thought that Liverpool had treated them exceptionally, both behind the scenes and then when they laid the floral tribute. And therefore, whoever it was just had the idea about playing You'll Never Walk Alone. But nobody could order the Real Madrid fans to, to stay and stand and applaud. And... That that memory of uh, sort of a, a gentlemanly way between two clubs, two great clubs, who you know where the rivalry has been a little bit pungent over the decades. Uh, there wasn't a lot of love lost after the Paris final, for example, that ended one 0 But 
I thought Emilio Butragueño, that wonderful ex-striker for Spain and Romero, who's now the vice president, said, you know, true behemoths of Europe show their greatness with the gestures that each of us have given to each other over this time. And I really, really appreciated that. I know it's more, for, for this show, it's more about the sports, more about the personalities and the, and the gossip and the goals and the rows. But I, I thought that was a genuinely beautiful Champions League moment. Really enjoyed it. In fairness, people have been in touch this morning asking us to ask you about it because you can hear it coming through the the TV as well. Um, I, I think you're right, though, that uh, game recognised game, essentially, and this is, um, you know, it would have been another great final if we'd made it there. Uh, I go against that. Go. Partisan, like, partisan behaviour is is good we love a bit of rivalry in football I think like there's a bit of a there's no more partisan crowd than the Bernabeu where they're getting the no, white but, 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 against their own team I feel like it's quite easy for Real to play that song when they've when, won when, okay. and, and like there's, it's, it's a, there's a bit of a change, 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 hashtag change, change, classy change, gesture change. about the whole thing change. Madrid never Real Madrid Madrid a la Madrid apologies sorry sorry here I am apologising again Graham I couldn't put <laughs> well, we, let, let's say we bumped into each other Nah, look, listen. Um, you you can you can you can make a little flair out of it if you want, but um, Madrid are, are extremely interested in their own well-being, which is a euphemism, and as such, don't think they've gone soft. I don't think it was soppy. I think that I think they're. I think the thing that's important is in in Spanish football when you call commentate, just about every single week, um, there's a minute silence. Minute silence is are slightly more rare, for example, in the Premier League. You would both be, um, apart from the league in Ireland, you'd be more more interested in the Premier League than just about anywhere else, I guess. And there aren't so many minutes out. In Spain, when an old socio dies or any ex-player dies, there's a minute silence and, and the, the image is up on the big screen before every game. Now, when you're working in co-commentary in La Liga Television, it's it's a perpetual thing. And there is a, just a slightly different um, feel in Spain for remembering your past at all costs. It's not, I'm not saying that in any way the Premier League is out of touch and it's cultural. It's probably more cultural than pure football. But if you, if you accept my premise there that 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 happens so much at every stadium, almost every weekend, um, then you have to imagine, I was going to pick a figure, uh, Rasha Chui, I don't know, but when when somebody of massive importance to you were to go, like Emancio to Real Madrid, and you go to a club where y- you could have been treated in a, in another indifferent or hostile way, and yet you you watch them involving Kenny Dalglish, you watch them treat you with with brimming respect. The idea of it repaying the gesture, I like a lot. I genuinely like it. Um, there will be no uh, gesture politics ahead of the Clasico this weekend in terms of making friends. In in fact, it seems like it's going to be the exact opposite. There's a massive scandal brewing around Barcelona yeah. and Real Madrid, it seems, are having a little bit of schadenfreude issuing statements going, well, not that we're enjoying this, but we're definitely enjoying this. Well, no, there, there hasn't been enough schaden or freude for most people until very recently because... Um, Florentino and Joan Laporta had um, a, a pretty common agenda in that they keep stoking away this Super League nonsense, I hope. And and therefore, every other club in the Premier League, apart from them, had issued communiques saying, this is potentially a scandal. We want the truth. It's time to investigate. 
you know, let's lift up all the carpets and, and show where the villains are. And if proven guilty, we need we need ultimate sanctions. And Madrid hadn't. And therefore, it was only once the criminal prosecution had been weighed up and there had, it had been deemed that there was sufficient evidence to um, proceed that, you know, Florentino Perez gave the thumbs up to Real Madrid joining the clamour for serious explanations. The, 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 the two sides of the case are that the, the, the tax office in Spain suddenly discovered um, payments from Barcelona to an ex-referee who had a, had a position in the, in the refereeing um, hierarchy for the federation, um, but, but not an executive role. And therefore, Barcelona are saying, yeah, we paid these sums for advice and counsel and la, la, la. And every, well, many clubs in La Liga have employed ex-referees to guide them about sometimes as simple as how are the laws being uh, um, interpreted uh, this year uh, or equally trying to make sure referees, when they come to the stadium, are greeted by an ex-colleague and you, you look for a favourable reaction, all that kind of stuff. But it's it's not uncommon. And, and Madrid have, have done that themselves, hired an ex-referee, ex being the absolutely crucial word. Barcelona were paying these sums for whatever reason to a man who was still on, still involved in in the way that the refereeing was run in Spain. And and as such, the worst that they can be uh, accused of, and in Spanish uh, law, um, and any proving that any kind of corruption or bribery has taken place um, is not as important as proving that there was any attempt whatsoever. And therefore, the, the the bar of of evidence is is lower than you might expect. And as such, if at the moment it seems very difficult for Barcelona as an institution, because it's not the current Barcelona setup, but over the last say twenty years, to escape extremely serious punishments once this is proven. But the bar for proof seems lower than. Than, than you might expect. It's it's a very damning situation. And you're right, the timing is, is quite good comedy in that Madrid have joined the clamour formally um, immediately before a classical. Whether, whether that actually affects the atmosphere of a classical where there'll be very few Real Madrid fans, where if Xavi's team wins, and this is Xavi's um, fifth classical as Barcelona manager, yet his first at the camp now, which is the the, the bizarre modern way of the world, but if, if Barcelona were to win, they'd be 12 points clear with 12 games left. And therefore, I'm not actually sure that the current situation in Madrid saying, yeah, we want explanations about this refereeing scandal too, it makes the atmosphere any more brittle than it would have been already. Um, Graham, even if you look at Barcelona's financial situation, I'm sure at the start of the year when they were setting out all their budgets, they were looking at getting to a Champions League quarterfinal, maybe semi-final, and then, of course, maybe getting to a Europa League final when that plan went out the window. That's not going to happen. There's a lot of shortfall in revenue there. And looking at people like Gavi, maybe, in that squad, whose contract issue is, is up in the air, like is Gavi a potential option for, for a Man City or, or a Liverpool at some stage this summer if, if the finances don't work out for Barca? I think you're being realistic there. Um, the player, undoubtedly, wants to stay. Um, that's been made clear by his brief statements and his agent's words and Barcelona have continuously said we're striving to get the situation the situation really briefly is that um, he was so good that he'd been promoted to a first team um, salary and his his jersey number was changed re-registered La Liga 
And that took a court um, battle to achieve because La Liga said your financial fair play is not sufficiently up to scratch and therefore he's going to have to stay on a junior salary he's going to have to stay on a not reserve team but a junior salary and and clearly that's a big blow to a player any player that is, is giving their all all the time and Gabby was extraordinary at the weekend at San Mamas against Athletic you know trying to dive in and tackle people with his head he's just he's just a little typhoon a phenomenal footballer and um, therefore, he's in theory. I, I don't know whether Barcelona are complying or not. But in theory, he's been put back on the junior wages, which could be in terms of you know there could be millions of a difference um, between what he's supposed to be paying now and what he's been paid ten days ago. So uh, you know, and it also means that for for as long as La Liga have their way on this, Barcelona are appealing it in legal terms. Then he is out of contract. Uh, it, it, he wasn't out of contract ten days ago. Potentially at the end of the season, he will be now. Whether he would leave in disgust, um, Shane, I don't know. That I'm, I'm due to interview next week. I don't know the fellow well enough to say to you, yeah, he's had enough. Mm. He's up to his nose. Thank you. But every every serious big club around Europe will be throwing everything that they've got at trying to persuade him to leave because he is that good. He's going to be that important. And his style of football would absolutely fit anywhere. His temperament is is off the scale his will to win is off the scale and therefore uh, he's 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 got he's got some john giles in him that's why he's got some classic john giles in him and therefore um can i give you lads higher praise than that no you absolutely can't i hope unai emery is already on the phone to him graham great stuff Uh, who's (laughs) who's gonna win is javi gonna do it is he is he gonna win his first home classical oh thanks joe just like that man you want a one sentence answer (laughs) i i think yeah okay vinicius and aroko have been paired javi has moved aroko to right back in four of his uh, classicals so far and every time Barcelona have won and they've won on a nine-one aggregate the only time aroko was missing um, Real Madrid win. Real Madrid have to come up with a way to unshackle Vinicius when Araujo has put, moved from centre-back to right-back to mark him. If Araujo is successful, Barcelona win. If Vinicius and Ancelotti come up with a scheme to liberate uh, Vinicius from the Uruguayan, there is, Barcelona haven't won a home classical, um, a camp classical for four and a half years. There's the battle. Whichever of those two players is dominant, their side will win. Tune into La Liga TV for more. Graham, great stuff. Thanks a million. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now.